Okay, and I'm interviewing Dr. Adele Beer, volcanologist here at Geosciences Australia. Welcome to the Fuzzy Logic Science Show. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> now, if this is a really obvious question, I'm going to ask anyway, what does a volcanologist do? <laughs> okay. Um, well, a volcanologist actually studies volcanoes, how they erupt, um, where they're currently erupting, and hopefully try to work on predicting where they might erupt in the future. So there's lots of different types of volcano, aren't there? Can you tell us about some of those? Yeah, there are quite a few different kinds of volcanoes. Um, broadly, there's two categories. We have the um, the mildly explosive or effusive volcanoes, which just sort of ooze volcanic lava all over the surface of the earth. And then we also have a lot of um, explosive volcanoes. So those kinds um, are your typical conical-shaped volcano that we see in the movies um, they're called strata volcanoes and there are also um, more even more explosive ones that I've worked on in the past they're called calderas and um, and we have quite a few of those in our in our region in New Zealand and in Indonesia so the the term caldera comes from the big hole they leave in the ground is that yeah right? it's shaped like a cauldron so instead of the volcano um, exploding outwards like you see on a lot of um, media footage these types of volcanoes tend to implode on themselves and create a great depression in the ground and they fill up with water over time so they look like lakes most of the time ah, now we have a pretty fine example down in Mount Gambia in South Australia don't we we do that's um, too small to be classified a caldera it's just a crater um, but it's a similar thing yes Ah, and so a lot of destructive power. What was the one at Mount Helens? Yeah, Mount St. Helens, yeah. In, in the um, US, what was that? Yeah, that one erupted in 1980. That was a strata volcano. Um, so it was an explosive volcano. It looked like a, your classic conical-shaped volcano. The only thing that was a bit strange about that eruption was that instead of exploding upwards, it exploded sideways, and that was something that we'd never seen before. Now, a friend of mine lives on a small property down in rural Victoria, and he lives on a scoria cone. So, and we've also mentioned Mount Gambier. So, Australia mm-hmm. does have a bit of a history with volcanoes, but not a lot at the moment. Well, what, tell us a little bit about the volcanoes in Australia. Mm-hmm. Well, particularly, like you mentioned, Western Victoria is a, a large volcanic district. Um, there was quite a lot of volcanic activity there um, between four and five, or even up to twelve thousand years ago. Um, we had uh, Mount Gambia and Mount Shank, which is the cone which is quite close to Mount Gambia. They were the last eruptions to occur in uh, in that sort of um, volcanic province. And um, over time, we had a lot of um, eruptions that involved water in Western Victoria. So I guess you could say that probably four to 5,000 years ago, Western Victoria would have looked a lot like what the North Island in New Zealand looks like today. Oh, great for making uh, movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Mordor and Lord of the Rings, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. uh, fun stuff. But now what I notice is this place in Victoria is the the scoria cones or the remnants of the volcanoes are in a line. Mm-hmm. So why is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a common style of eruption. Um, it's called a fissure eruption. So basically it's when the, the crust unzips itself and um, you get a line of magma that's coming up along, a, um, along a, a fracture system in the crust and it's usually a straight line. And what happens is as the magma travels along that fracture, it pops up at the surface and creates a scoria cone. And then when the magma moves on um, further down the fracture, usually in response to movement of the um, hotspot that's generating the volcanic activity underneath Western Victoria... Um, then the next scoria cone pops up a bit further down from the previous one. So they follow often, I think, in Western Victoria, a north-south trend um, as, the, as the big hotspot moved southwards. 
Now, what's the likelihood, do you think, of a volcanic eruption on mainland Australia, given that's a long time since we've had one here? Yeah, most of the volcanic eruptions that we've had on the mainland have been hotspot um, volcanism. That basically means that there's a big pool of magma in the Earth's mantle, and as the Australian continent moved over that um, pool of magma, it generated some volcanism. Um, but now that Australia's moved on from that location, we don't actually have any active hotspots generating volcanism underneath Australia. And that's what we need in order to get volcanoes in Australia, because we don't have those active plate margins that a lot of the other countries have for generating volcanoes. So it's very unlikely that we would get any volcanic activity in the near future in Australia. Oh, Rath, because there's something about volcanoes that's really exciting. And I guess, is that what drink brings you to the, you know, these scenes of the great spurts of lava and ash and clouds and all the stuff going? Is that the exciting bit that really brings you into it? Absolutely. I love the whole... um, the whole idea of um, the new parts of the planet being created as you watch it. So especially with those big lava eruptions and especially the ones at sea when you see new islands created, for example. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now, have you been up close to one, like around uh, the Hawaiian Islands? You can get right up and you can see some of the actual yes. hot lava um, leaking to the surface. Yes, I have seen um, some uh, lava eruptions in Hawaii, um, but... The most spectacular eruptions I've seen are the more uh, dark eruptions, so the big explosive ones like Mount St Helens. Um, And I've seen um, some of that in um, South America and in um, a little bit in Italy. Ah, so you've actually been up close to these things? Yeah, quite close to one in in Italy at the Aeolian Islands, uh, Mount Stromboli. As that one's erupting, you can get quite close to the um, the crater, sorry, rim of that one. And what's it like to look, you know, to be this close to one? It's incredible. It's very loud and it's, um, yeah, it's quite quite amazing i mean i just love it i think a lot of people get quite scared being very close to an active volcano but i just i was in awe of the whole thing i was just amazed i couldn't keep i just kept saying oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh (laughs) i thought it was amazing well and so did you have little bits of rock sort of flying up into the air and landing i mean i presume you weren't that close no no we weren't that close and and i guess the important thing is to go when you're going up to one of these active volcanoes to go with a guide who um who knows how the volcano erupts and also what the wind conditions are doing on the day to make sure that you're in the safest possible position. So it's very important to heed all the local warnings when climbing active volcanoes. Okay, so what what are the hazards in particular? I mean, we've obviously mm. flying rocks is one. Yeah, definitely flying rocks, ballistics is one um, major, major hazard and one that causes a lot of deaths in places like Vanuatu every year. Um, other dangers are the ones, sometimes the ones you can't see, there's a lot of gases that are emitted from active volcanoes, um, particularly carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide. Sometimes they pool in um, in valleys surrounding the volcano. So you walk down into a valley and then suddenly there's no oxygen and you have to walk back up out of it again. So you have to be really careful and make sure you're carrying a gas mask all the time so that if you find that you can't breathe very well, you've got a, a mask in oh. place. So sulfur dioxide is also another gas that you have to worry about. Ah. Now, I have a friend who's in Indonesia at the moment, and she said she walked up the stream on the side of a volcano and it really smelt bad. I mean, <laughs> is the smell something you particularly notice around a volcano? The smell that you usually smell when you're on an active volcano is a rotten egg sort of smell, and that's the sulfur dioxide. Um, that just basically means that there's active fumaroles nearby. You'll probably see a lot of yellow on the ground where sulfur crystals are forming. Um, it's a really bad smell. It won't um, harm you. It's just that the actual smell itself is very 
it's, it's not so much the smell as the gas that actually dries your throat really quickly and can sort of take your breath away if you're not um, watching for it. I think we just heard a volcano go on outside the room. <laughs> there was loud, a loud bang. Well, we've got it all laid on here at Geosciences <laughs> Australia, live volcanoes. <laughs> um, now, predicting volcanoes, you mentioned predicting it. It must be a fairly difficult thing. How good are we at predicting volcanic eruptions? It's still a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, in terms of predicting eruptions, um, one of the main things that volcanologists look for is magma on the move. And so we set up a lot of um, seismometers on the flanks of active volcanoes, particularly in places like Indonesia. And uh, basically those seismometers register when magma is moving through the crust. Sometimes it's a movement of magma, sometimes it's a movement of water, so we have to be sort of careful of what kind of signal um, we're getting back. And then volcanologists um, make the decision on whether or not to put out a warning based on what the seismometers are telling them. And usually they're able to get a few hours of warning before a major eruption begins. And when one of these things goes off near a settlement of some sort, uh, there's all sorts of things that go on. Can you tell me about some of those, like around uh, Naples, for example, when Vesuvius decides it's had enough and goes again? Uh, I presume it varies a lot depending on the, vi- the, the type of volcano. In fact, there was one in uh, Papua New Guinea a few years ago, wasn't there, mm-hmm. that, uh, went, that went up? Yeah, yeah, Rabal um, erupted in 1994. It was quite a large eruption and destroyed most of the town of Rabal. Um, what usually happens when an eruption begins, they usually evacuate. Um, different countries have different... Um, policies on how far away from the volcano has to be evacuated of course depending on the size of the eruption as well but it's usually six to eight kilometers and in places like Indonesia and and Papua New Guinea population density is quite high so that could be you know thousands if not millions of people um, evacuated in an eight kilometer radius Um, with Naples that's another mega city quite a lot of people living in and around the slopes of Vesuvius quite a lot of people living on the volcano itself Um, a, a lot of the people that I know who are responsible for evacuating Naples have found that it's quite difficult because of the just the density of the city and the bad road networks and you know the inability to move people around so they really have to think outside the square in Naples when it comes to Vesuvius erupting in the future. Yeah that's quite a terrifying thought all those people a lot of illegal development I believe going up the side of the mountain there mm. how much warning might we would it I presume it starts to grumble and moan and complain a bit before it finally goes. Yeah, so when you when you when when it's registering on the seismometers, it's a lot of ground shaking associated with that. So people will be feeling the shaking in the ground, and there'll be some warning, maybe some some steam and some um, you know ash initial ash being expelled from the column as it's erupting. But usually there's enough time to to evacuate um, people from the slopes, mm. particularly from the slopes in that sort of immediate red zone, that really bad hazard zone around the volcano, usually within sort of two to six k's. And, and real estate prices plummet. <laughs> I, I, have, I have read this story about, I think it was an Italian volcano, I forget which one it was, Etna or someone, I can't remember, but the villagers had this um, lava flow coming down the side of the mountain and they went up the side and they built some kind of barrier and then they started pushing it down and went towards another village. So there was this big argument between them. Yes, that was in Iceland. Yeah, a big uh, lava eruption in Iceland. And they actually successfully managed to to build a barricade to save the wharf, which is the main economic centre of the the town. So everybody really needed to save that area in order to preserve their livelihoods. 
So Now, in Australia, we actually do have some active volcanoes, don't we, but not on the mainland. That's correct, yeah. We have uh, two active volcanoes. We have Heron Island, which is um, part of our Antarctic Territory, so down in the Southern Ocean. Uh, that's an active volcano. It's one of the world's um, only active um, phonolite volcanoes, so it's quite famous. Um, I don't think we're actually allowed to go there without special permission from the Australian government. It's not a, a site that people are allowed to just walk around on. It's a big wildlife sort of area as well. Um, and another area that we have um, active volcanoes is the Macquarie Islands, which is Southern Ocean as well, between New Zealand and Antarctica. Yeah, you're overrun with the uh, rabbits. I wonder how the eradication program's going down there. I've actually, <laughs> I have interviewed uh, a lady who's involved with the eradication of cats, rats, and can't remember what else from there eating all eating all the vegetation off the top of it yeah um you know you mentioned land being formed now i believe the krakatoa is actually still growing and it's peered over the uh, surface of the ocean again absolutely i was uh, i was just at krakatoa about three months ago and um we took a boat out to the to anak krakatoa which means child of krakatoa which is currently growing in the um in the old caldera created by Krakatoa when it erupted in 1883. I believe it um, first breached the um, surface of the ocean about 60 years ago and it's been growing a, a cone, a scoria cone, ever since. And that cone's something like 500 metres high at the moment. and still 500 metres? Already? Yep, yep, already. Yeah, it's a massive cone. Um, it's gone straight up really quickly. Um, there was the last eruption was a um, very big eruption in April this year and it's continuously smoking and, and, and creating um, new land. So pushing outwards. some seriously active uh, terrain underneath the uh, the ocean there, or you know, on the volcano itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely. Uh, uh, I'd say there's definitely always been um, a volcano in that location for what, many, so it, many, many years. So a, a cycle of it grows, goes yep. bang, yep. grows, it goes bang again. Yep. So when so. it goes bang the next time. Do we think it'll be as big as the last one? Because it was pretty seriously large, wasn't it? It was a really big eruption in 1883. Mm. It was two. It was sorry, three volcanoes joined together at the site. So um, there was Krakatau and two other um, stratovolcanoes that were sort of wedged up next to it, um, and they all went very explosive and generated a large tsunami. Um, that size, it's quite a large eruption. It's not common. It has a long um, cycle of inactivity before it'll happen again. But um, these volcanoes tend to, tend to follow similar patterns to the ones that they have in the past. But for now, it's just uh, a very mildly explosive island-growing area at the moment. Spectacular to watch. Okay, well, and the, well, the population is vastly greater than it was back in 1888, so um, the effects of it will be uh, probably far more serious when it eventually does go. Mm. But another one that I've heard about is uh, Canary Islands. Mm. Now, I'm not sure it's actually an active volcano, but there is a big size, the side of the mountain there. If it slides off into the ocean, it's going to make a, a big wave. Yeah, there's um, the island of Tenerife, which is a very active volcanic island in the Canary Islands. Um, the big volcano that sits there is called Teddy, and it has had a really big landslide history. Um, and often, big, yeah, big slabs of the um, side of the edifice itself can slide into the ocean, and that sort of thing can generate tsunamis. It has, you know, it's definitely something that's definitely a hazard that I'm, I'm sure the um, Spanish government are looking at. <laughs> well, and the American government, because yeah. it's, it's uh, the east coast of the US faces uh, the Tenerife, so yeah, of it would go clean across the Atlantic Ocean, and I've heard there'd be like 100 metre high, uh, you know, well, it's, it's all yeah. suppositions to how bad it would be. Yep. Okay, well, uh, Dr. Adele Beer, volcanologist at Geosciences Australia, thank you for talking to Fuzzy Logic. Thank you very much for having me.